Hi, and welcome to another edition of Theories and Thoughts Podcast with your hostess Anya and Fancy. Tonight, we'll be speaking with Christy Dean, the producer of How Many Frogs Do I Have to... Sorry, I thought I turned my ring off. How Many Frogs Do I Have to F Before I Find My Prince? So, so um, stay tuned. And we are back. We are back. We are back. <clears throat> and my ring is off now. Um, so fancy, how are you? I'm good. Um, you? I'm I'm well. Um, how's things been going? You're um just at the end of your college stuff. How's that going? It's it's been going good. Um, so today I turned in, it wasn't my final project, but it was like one of the few grades that I had in that class. So um, I'm really excited because I ended up getting an 86. It would have been a 96, but I had accepted a 10-point penalty deduction or whatever because I had to turn it in late. So um, I'm just excited about, you know, getting so close to the end of things. and But it also means I got to really, like, buckle down on my studying and things along the lines of that. So just trying to get everything in order. Okay. How was your weekend? My weekend was um, me working on that project because I actually had to write 70 articles um, and build an online newspaper. So, but I got it done and I now know how to build an online newspaper. So, um, yeah. I'm, I'm say, isn't that what you do already? You have one of those? or Well, it's 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 a different type of website that we built. So um, I, it was new to me. You know, it's just a, it's a different format. It's not as... Uh, customize the way as the way our site is right now so another tool for your toolbox yep that's what i said too so i'm like like give me a month um i'm definitely going to be able to you know i can i can build those for other people that's my thing is what i'm thinking about doing well like if anybody is interested in it and it doesn't have to be a newspaper but you know just along the same style as that i can still do it so, but I want to take a minute before we get into your weekend and just acknowledge some of the comments. So I see Lady Tiffany Nicole say happy holidays, Queens. Thank you. Deanna Ward said good evening. Hey, Deanna. Oh, and I see Lady Tiffany Nicole also said, hey, okay. So yeah, so how was your weekend? 
Um, it was cool. You know, my life is real low key these days. Um, Saturday I went to Sam's though. I hadn't been in Sam's in forever. I have a Sam's card that I just wasn't using. One of my girlfriends had a, well, let me back it up. Friday, I went to a trail ride um, party, holiday party. It was a um, <coughs> a free party for all the trail ride groups, which was really nice. I enjoyed myself. Um, Friday, Saturday, we went. I went to Sam's and uh, forgot how how much I love it. Um, <coughs> one of my girlfriends had surgery, and at Walmart they had the four protein shakes. And they're like seven, eight bucks. I was able to get a pack of 15, I think it was, oh, for like $24, something like that. So I was like, yeah, let me just go to Sam's. Yeah. It was, it was way cheaper. So I got her like two, um, two of those and went by her. Then I um, went and just went by my best friend. Usually we're doing something. We have something to do, like one of her kids' baseball games or I mean, football game, you know, baseball, football, whatever. We always go and do something. But I had just told her, I was like, I'm just going to come over there since I was in her area. So I went by her house and it was real cool. Um, just when we watched, um, I was pulling it up on my phone. We watched um, Where the Where the Crawdads Sing. Most uh, movies. Huh? I saw that. Yeah. Most movies and stuff I watch are black movies. Um, I've actually found a lot of black movies on Hulu um, this this season, Christmas movies, because I like Christmas movies and stuff. But that one was a really good one. I really enjoyed it and everything. So I did that. And Sunday, I felt good enough to um, clean out my car and stuff and just kind of chill out. And of course, I had play rehearsals. So my weekend was, like I said, pretty low key, but it was cool. Yeah, I mean, if I could have just had a minute to rest. So it sounds like you at least had some time to yourself, and that's a good thing. I see Deanna said Sam's is the best. And Tiffany Nicole asks, what are y'all doing for Thanksgiving? What's your favorite dish? It's the free snacks for me. Um, <laughs> well, I'm definitely eating, though I don't really celebrate Thanksgiving, but I will eat. I um I purchased food, and I'm probably going to be here um, low-key, just at home. Um, I don't have any plans. I don't really be feeling like being around people right now. Um, so I really just be at home. <laughs> I don't want to go by somebody and they be like, I don't want to be here. They have to drive and I don't want to do all that. But I'm going to probably just be here. Um, I ordered some food. Matter of fact, after the broadcast, I'm going to pick up my food. <laughs> some gumbo, um, some stuffed peppers, um, and some dressing. And some turkey wings. So I'm gonna do that and just kind of hang out here, watch the football game, probably watch movies, sleep. It's my favorite thing these days. So. Yeah, I definitely intend to get some sleep and probably just um watch some Netflix or something. Well, my one of my cousins invited us um to her house, and I don't I don't know. Um most of my other family sound like they going. So I'm like, I might go, I might not. Cause really I just want to rest. So yeah, I was invited to someone's house too. So I was I was invited. Um I need them going to the football game. But I thought about even going there. Go to the football game. 
I, I mean, I have, I have no problem with being out. I'd be good. It's just getting the energy to want to go somewhere. I literally just want to be home. <laughs> so, all right. Anything else? Nope. Not planning to the weekend. All right. Well, this caught our, this caught my attention. This week we've been watching, um, well, Chris Brown, released the whole full routine that he would have done at the AMAs. He said that the AMAs canceled his performance and stated that, um, no, they just, they just canceled his performance. There was at first no um, reasoning behind it. The first reason that came out said that they did not want, that an exec did not want an abuser to honor a child molester. Um, the second thing came out and said that this happens all the time with live, with live shows. Um, and yeah, pretty much that, that this happens with live shows. JD, um, Jermaine Dupree came out and was like, um, black music is, is in trouble because when they canceled Chris Brown, they canceled Michael Jackson Thriller, um, tribute, 40 year tribute. Um, so your take? I, I don't understand the black music is in trouble part, but maybe that's just me. I, I just don't get that part. But um I was I was like uh I didn't I still I mean their reasoning was really like not a reason. It was just like it happened all the time, but um to me that wasn't like a real reason and I'm still trying to understand like where the first reports came from as far as the ones that were saying that about the abuser. And, and if that is the case, then to me, like I kind of agree with how Kelly Rowland has just been saying, you know, everybody needs forgiveness because for one, he was so young when it happened. You know, I just think like in a lot of ways, if he had been older, it would be different. But being that he was younger, I just think that that he should be shown some type of you know, understanding or something. I want to almost want to say grace, um, as she said, but I don't think that it's appropriate to like just continue to hold it over his head because that was, you know, if it was any other situation, like was he even 18? He was 18. Yeah, he was in his 20s. Oh, okay. Cause I'm just like, would that even have been on his record if he was, you know, if he if but if he was 18 then, but I still think that's a that's an age where it's you know, you make really irrational and you know, decisions, snap decisions that you don't really understand how they will affect you in the long run. So, um, and if that is the case, I just don't, I don't think that that was a reason to pull the performance because it was so good from what I saw. Um, I wasn't the biggest, I'm not the biggest Michael Jackson fan, but if he has never actually been uh, found guilty of anything, I don't understand, you know, I it just, it's so many things like, to me, this just still something that they, they don't sit right with me, but I don't watch the AMAs anyway. So, I mean, but the performance looked like it was really good. And there was this one chick that was right there in the front. Like, you know, Chris was really great, but also just watching her move. I was just like, oh my God, you know, I love watching people dance. So it seemed like it would have been a really good performance. But what do you think? My thought is, and I go back to um, my thinking on a whole lot of things. Why are we trying to make white things honor us? Why we didn't make BET do a 40th thriller tribute? 
Nobody said nothing. Nobody bat their eyes at BAT not doing it. But, oh, the AMAs. Why we keep trying to be with people who clearly don't want us when we can build up our own platforms? But BET is not getting the ratings. Um, the Soul Train Music Awards is not going to get the ratings that those would have gotten, you know, that they would have gotten. Is Soul Train honoring Thriller? You know, that, that's, that's where my mind goes every time. Um, and maybe, I mean, it may not be correct thinking, but I keep feeling like we're trying to be put in position and we're trying to bogart these places that, and we have our own, like, it's not like we don't have our own, like back in the slavery times and well, not even slavery does separate, but equal times, we didn't have some of the things. So, you know, we wanted to be equal on that. But in, in these cases, we have our own networks, we have our own things. Why we're not pushing our own people to do it? Like, why did why 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 I didn't hear nothing about the and I'm like you, I'm not a big Michael Jackson fan. I'm not a big Prince fan either. I can care less about both of them. Nothing, you know, I'm not discounting their move, their music and all of that, you know. But I'm it just does nothing, you know, a couple of songs, yeah, but I'm not turning it on my my phone. I'm not turning on no music. You know, I'm not turning no music on or anything, just chilling. Excuse me, as some people would. But why are we still trying to push our ways, you know, push up, push in, like the Grammys. Grammys so white. Okay, Grammys white. They're not giving you out of the, the awards. They're not giving you the nominations. And you still, you're getting upset. Now, I did see where... um Someone said, I can't remember who said this. They were like, when the Grammys, the Grammys would not air somebody's performance. And that was the first, that was the year that Fresh Prince, that Will Smith and Jazzy Jeff was going to get this, this, um, this award. Everybody boycotted it. Like everybody black. So I can't think of who it was, but they were like, everybody should have boycotted the um, AMAs for that. You know, but here's the thing. We don't stick together either. We don't stick together on, you know, okay, we're going, we just all not going to go. A lot of people wouldn't have did that. I don't, I don't feel. No, um, I don't think they would have either. And just to announce some comments right quick. I see Tiffany Nicole said that part, but I think it's because his performance was iconic on the AMA of his Billie Jean performance. And he introduced the moonwalk on their platform. Oh, okay. okay. I didn't know that. Um, she said, BET Awards wasn't out 40 years ago, but I totally agree. We just need to do it. Well, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Um, I didn't understand. I don't know. I think it just as I was listening to you, it made me think about how in school we were um, learning about just how important it was essentially like back in the day to be a crossover artist. You know, so once you were accepted by the pop culture or the white audience, and so maybe that's why and that's where and, you know, of course, music predates television. So maybe that's where that kind of comes from. But um, I think it's really crazy. You know, I'm always thinking that we should be doing our own. But uh, as someone with uh, that works in media and just, you know, I feel like we honor a lot of people. We try to give uh, flowers to a lot of people. And while it might seem appreciated, that is not the same type of appreciation if another uh, more, you know, predominant outlet, especially one that's not like us, um, 
was given to them, you know, then that's when you really see the, oh my God, you know, I want to thank my mama, blah, blah, blah. And right. Like, okay. So I don't know. I think it's just, I think that's something that, that is, has been instilled within us, you know, but I, I don't, if, especially for something like Thriller, that's something that's black. I just don't see why you would even begin to think, oh, well, okay. I see what you're saying, Lady Tiffany Nicole, but I just still don't think that that's why you begin to think that, hey, people got to do this or that they're going to do that, you know, with the being the AMAs, but I don't know. Hey, Sharona. Hey, Sharona. <laughs> I wouldn't, I I don't watch the AMAs. I'm like you. I don't watch the AMAs. I do watch the BET Awards. <clears throat> I do watch um, Soul Train. I'm waiting for that one to come out. Um, Soul Train Music Awards. I, again, I, I truly, I get what you're saying, Lady Tiffany. And I get it. And that's a very good point. But I go back to the fact that um, we're trying to move in places. Now, if we're going to move in places, we have to do it together. We have to, because, okay, the Grammys, they boycotted. Was it the Grammys or was it the Oscars? Was it the Oscars? Was the Oscars, Oscars so white? Oscars so white. Um, and it was... Which which girl? I can't think. I'm sorry. Um, where it was the Oscars where um, Will Smith smacked Chris Rock. Am I correct? I think it was. Okay. Yeah. So, just to show you, they boycotted the Oscars that year. This year, the pro the producer not the producer was Will Packer. Was it the producer? Like the the showrunner? Yeah. Was Will Packard. That was a change. When we stick together, that can be a change. Their change, their change when we start sticking together, but we have to stick together. If we don't stick together, it won't happen. And I get it. You know, I get, you know, we've heard of the Oscars for so many years. We've heard of the Grammys so many years. So, yes, I want a Grammy because that's what I thought about when I was a little kid. But there are, I love watching black, um, so many black entertainers when they get like a BT award, they're like, I made it. I got a BT award. I made it. I got the, um, excuse me, the um, Soul Train Music Award. You know, there's some that do, but I, I agree with you. They are less enthused yeah. <laughs> sometimes. They're, they're less enthused. They're like, I mean, yeah, I got this. But they really cut up when they get it from somebody other than Black. Well, one last question um, before we bring in our guests. I'm curious to know, have you ever saw someone like of uh, the caliber of a Chris Brown on the Soul Train Awards? Didn't Chris Brown do the Soul Train Awards? I don't remember. I don't, I, I've don't. I've never actually watched one in full. Really? So that's what I was trying to see. I was just wondering, you know, do the those type of artists attend those type of events? You know, because... You know, we can. They can still have like, I guess, I don't want to say B listers, but do they be having like A listers? You know what I mean, like those type of performances. I want to say yes. I want to say yes. They do have A listers, um, especially for some of the tributes, mm -hmm. um, for some of the tributes and different things, the Lady of Soul Awards and different things like that. But you know, I can't remember nothing right now. Okay. Well, all right. So we'll be back with our guest, Christy Dean, in just a minute.
you know what? You know, I went and looked it up. <laughs> Chris Brown was on the Soul Train Awards on 2014. Oh, okay. And they said he hadn't performed on national television since 2015. No, 2017 <laughs> at the so, BT Awards. Right. So, yeah, they're there. And um, just to answer Lady Tiffany, it'll be on in a couple of weeks. If not this weekend, it'll be. It's been on every year. All right. Just wanted to finish up there real quick because that was bothering. I was like, let me see if they've been on. All right, you guys. Tonight we have the producer of How Many Frogs? I can't remember nothing, I swear. How many frogs do I have to F in order to find my prince? Um, please welcome Christy Dean to the broadcast. Um, Christy. Yes. Can you move over just a little bit? Let me get my camera right, right in the middle. Okay. Can yes, Thank you. Thank okay. you. So, Christy, tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Okay. So, basically, um, I'm Christy Dean, actress. Okay. Uh, and this is my second play that I'm producing. And so, I um, have had radio shows that Anya has been on, <laughs> which has been for three years. Um, it was called Real Talk with Christy Dean talking about actors and writers, uh, plays, as well as their movies. But um, also we started talking about relationships and that's kind of when uh, Anya kind of joined us in that area. Um, and then of course, I've uh, got my communications bachelor's degree at Paul Quinn College where I was the queen of my college. So I was Miss Paul Quinn and all the um, other queens and I, black queens were in the Ebony Magazine. So we were happy to have that uh, monument or um, monumental moment. And then, of course, now I'm producing uh, plays, another play. This is my second play that I'm producing. I've acted in about 18, 19 plays. And now I get to be extra on movies. I haven't been a main role in a movie. I've been, um, but I do have about five to six movies that I've been an extra on. So that's a little bit more about me and um, this particular story here um, is about my dating woes and funny stories and things that happen. So I would say it's more of a comedy. It's definitely not gospel. We will not have any singing. We <laughs> believe people will be touched by the stories, whether they're laughing, because, you know, laughter is food for the soul. So I feel like they'll also be able to relate, though, too. First of all, I want to call out that you say my name correctly. Oh, I said I have to do it on here. <laughs> as long as I know Christy, I've been Anye. Nobody else calls can call me Anye. Only Christy can call me Anye. And um, Christy is a dynamic actress. Um, we actually met. Um, I always tell the story. We actually met at an audition. And yeah. uh, Christy thought I was bougie. I mean, I can be a little bougie at times, but <laughs> she thought I was bougie. And she did ask me to come on her show, and we've been really good friends since then. So when this came up, I was like, okay. Um, and then when I seen the content, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Let's do this. Um, I am playing a role of Corman in the play. Um, what I can say really quick about the play is, is it's all of us. You will find yourself in it. You, you'll you find yourself somewhere in it. You'll be like, dang, I dated somebody like that. Dang, I did that or something like that. You're going to find yourself in it. And I absolutely love it. And I love how Christy is vulnerable and transparent 
to even share the stories because some people who've dealt with stuff like that, they probably wouldn't want to because they'll be embarrassed. But that's one thing I love about Christy. So, um, Christy, how did you get into acting? Okay, so I was mad at my family. Let me make that clear because <laughs> they made me go to college. I did not originally want to go to college, but because I got to be an RA and have free room and board, then I got to be Miss Paul Quinn and have free room and board. I came out of college with a $2,500 loan. And that was only because of um, I forgot to go and do financial aid, which would have been grants my sophomore year. But my junior and senior year, I had free room, free board. And so everything else was paid for. And so I paid my $2,500 college loan off probably within the first six months out of school and I'm done. I don't have all those debts that a lot of people talk about. So that's a blessing. So I was still mad at my family, though, because they made me go to college and I wanted to act. I would always tell people when I was a little girl, call me Christy Dean. That's my name. I was in elementary. Call me Christy Dean. My name is Christy Dean because I'm going to be famous one day. Like I wanted people to call okay. me my first and last name. And so now to be known in Dallas, if you bring up Christy Dean, normally here in Dallas, I'm known for, she tells the truth. You know, she, you ask Christy Dean, she'll tell you the truth. <laughs> it also gets me in trouble because I tell the truth. Because like Anya said, um, I had somebody come up to me and said, the name of your play, you said it, I thought it, but we would never say it. We would never come out and say, how many frogs do I have to elf to get a prince? She said, but we thought it. And so I'm the one that will reach outside of the box because in my first play, you can find on YouTube, Marrying for the Wrong Reasons. Of course, it's Christy Dean, Marrying for the Wrong Reasons. There is a man giving another man fellatio on stage because I wanted to point out the download that's killing our Black women with AIDS. And so um, uh, we have a very great um, actress in there by the name of A.B. Warren who plays the wife that comes home to tell her husband, I'm pregnant. And when she comes home to tell him she's finally pregnant because she had her biological clock ticking and she was telling him the whole play, let's do this, let's have a baby. Mm -hmm. He had another man in the bed with him. And so when she discovered it was another man, she fainted. And then at the end of the play, she gave a long monologue out about how he had not only gave her AIDS, but the baby had AIDS. Okay. And I was like, because this is, this is issues that we don't touch. So the issues that I touch in my plays, yes, it's rated R. And yes, you would be like, no kids allowed, but it's, it's, it's real life stories. And that's my thing. I want to, I want things to be real life. I want to touch stuff that people are uncomfortable. And we had a few people probably squirming in their seats, you know, cause it's uncomfortable, but at the end of the day, it's the truth. And, and that's what I like to always touch. I've always liked to be a person that's truthful. Even when I lie, people will tell you, you can look at my face and tell I just lied. It's hard for me to lie. I don't like to lie. Because I get caught in a lot. I just love honesty. So that's me in a nutshell. So I got into acting um, because I told my family, you know, I didn't want to go to college. I wanted to start acting. I didn't get to start acting until I got in my 30s. I wanted to start acting as a kid. But unfortunately, because we were poor and I grew up where you didn't have a family that was able to support you, you know, in any kind of way, I wasn't able to act. And then I wasn't able to do theater when I finally moved to Houston with my two sisters because um, I had to work. So there was no being in theater. I had to pay bills at 15 years old. We were living on our own, 15, 17, and 23. 
So we had our own apartment. We had to, you know, so it was like, when is acting coming for me? And I remember going to my first um, audition and I, I sucked. Like I tried to do this poem that I did to win Miss Paul Quinn. And I totally forgot the poem. Couldn't remember. I, I remember walking out of there feeling horrible that I sucked. And I was like, you know what? It's okay. And I tried again. And when I tried again, the door opened. And next thing I know, it trickled down like dominoes. It was just like, yes, 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 yes. And I remember going to an audition and they had seven directors there. And out of seven mm -hmm. directors, six of them wanted me. But I only could be in two other plays. It was called a play competition. That's one act plays only. Out of, out of seven directors, six wanted me. And that's when it all took off from there. I was able to do two. That was the amount that you were allowed. So I did two different plays. The first one won first place, won him two round trip tickets anywhere in the world, and then also $1,000. And then mm -hmm. the second play that I was in that was competing uh, won like best literary or something like that. So both plays that I was in won because of me being in them. And that was just a, you know, a red, that was like a green flag for me. Go, 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 go. And from there, I just started acting and getting into stuff. Now I do get, I do get typecast. And <laughs> somebody told me, don't be mad about that. Cause you will always have a job, but I always get typecast to be that angry mother. That's about to beat up her mm -hmm. son's wife or that nosy neighbor. Cause I'm nosy in real life. So they'll be like, <laughs> you need to be the nosy neighbor. Like I always get those roles of an old lady that comes in and make everybody laugh. And I wouldn't say a Tyler Perry, my dear, but I would get like a Patrice Lovely. You know, she's the one that had it made. Oh, okay. I would like the Hattie. I sure was like, who that is? <laughs> yeah, I would get Hattie mixed a little bit with Bam. Because I don't smoke weed in them. Because Bam smoked weed in all the Tyler Perry's, you know, movies. But I would get like Hattie made. I wouldn't say it's Tyler Perry, my dearish. I'm not the one giving wisdom like that. But I'm normally the one with the punchlines and the funny roles. And the thing that I tell people a lot, Fancy, is that when you have the punchlines and you have the funny role in a serious play that's about domestic violence or serious plays that's about somebody died of cancer, I have to make people laugh because the play is so sad. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. A lot of pressure. But I do it. And I do it well. But I told somebody, I don't want to be put in a box. I want to be the sexy girl one day. I want a sex scene in a movie one day. I want, like, I don't want to have to always be the nosy neighbor, the funny character, the Hattie Mae, you know, the Bam, the Mud Deer. I want to, I want some serious roles. Like, don't put me in a category. But I had a friend tell me that made sense. You will always have a job because they do typecast you. Well, it looks like you're going to have to make your own, your own role to be a serious character. Well, I did in my first play. If you go see Mary for the wrong reason, well, that monologue it. at the beginning is going to take y'all out of here. No, I watched because it. That monologue <laughs> in the beginning, I had on see-through lace lingerie <laughs> because I wanted to show that big girls can be sexy too. We do not have to all be skinny. Um, I am a professional playwright, a watcher. Let me say that. I go all over the world, countries. I have over 200 um programs in my book bag and I have to show it to Anya one day because I'm telling you I have programs programs for I go all over the world since 1997 I've been going all over the world to see plays so I see a lot of plays I have over 200 programs I'm still going to see plays I still travel the world I still go out of town I consider myself and deem myself a professional play a watcher and at one point in Dallas before I did my own play four years ago 
I was a play critic. But because I kept stepping on people's feet by saying I did not enjoy that, you had a repetition here, this didn't, it, it, it caused a lot of chaos. And so once I put on my own play, I had to come to the realization that when it's somebody's baby, you don't want to say your baby was ugly. Right. <laughs> right. They don't like right. that. Right. I had to stop because I was hurting a lot of feelings. And But people will tell you in the industry, and it's so funny, they come to me and say, um, I just want to ask you how I did. But they're going to ask me privately. And now I try to tell people, uh-uh, I'm not saying nothing. They be like, please, please. I be like, no, because people ask that, but they don't mean that. Like, if, if you don't have a good answer and you don't be a butt kisser, you know what I'm saying? Then they're mad that you didn't give them the answer that they wanted when they asked you, how did they do? So I had to learn how to keep quiet and no longer be a professional play critic because I was giving grades that everybody wasn't happy about. Well, I'm curious to know, um, just kind of going back a little bit, but how does a play like I've I've have I seen I've seen some real some plays in real life, I think. But how does a play be rated R? Like Okay, so mine's is for mature audiences only, and mine's is rated R because of content. Remember my first one? I told you another man was on stage giving another man fellatio. If you don't call that mature audiences only, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Now, I will tell you this. I have been to um, Tico, Bishop's Art Theater, and they actually had naked men on stage. It was a gay or, you know, a pride um competition instead like I say the six plays that compete mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so um it was LGBT community and when I tell you I had never seen naked men on stage and I was like oh wow like they were raw naked and that was my first time seeing this is for mature audiences only for real you could not have kids in here and dinglings was everywhere thank goodness they stayed soft I guess because I don't know what we would have done if they would have got hard in our face but it was like these men are in bed with each other I don't see anything getting more rated R than that. Now, we did have a good friend of mine, Jason Ivey, um, that did a play called Pandora's Box. Oh, Jason Ivey, I know him. Uh -huh. And that play was rated R. And then we had, like, Ty Ford do a play even that was, uh, I think it was called Forbidden something. And mm -hmm. that was rated R. So, basically, uh, rated R would now be you have someone with lingerie. You have someone showing their body. You have a lot of cussing because that's definitely going to be for mature audiences only. So, that's how you become come up with a rated R play. I know a lot of people that see plays fancy. They like, I'm used to singing and gospel and we happy. Every play is not gospel. And mine's never a gospel. I can never have my plays at a church. Okay. No, we can't we can't have this one. We're not gonna be able to have that one at no church. We no, not. we can't have we couldn't have the last one at a church. Not with a man in the bed with another man and doing that. We we couldn't have that. So <laughs> my plays are what you call for mature audiences only. This is because it's heavy, it's heavy content, but it's mainly because what makes it rated R is because it's cussing. It's 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 just like if you were watching a movie and it mm -hmm. says PG 13 under 13 really shouldn't watch it or it says rated R and it says violence it says uh, you know because I've been in rated R plays that may be domestic violence because somebody's getting beat and it's bloody that's considered for mature audiences only as well so yeah. when you say rated R it goes across the board of being very uncomfortable subjects right and I mean so nobody walks up and say that it's rated R the producer has to come out and say it's rated R yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Because people will say to you, why didn't you make that a disclosure that this was for mature audiences on? Oh, okay. Gotcha. So how long does it normally take you to write a play now? Now, I don't write my own plays. I'm not a writer. I give my ideal and my story to a writer and they write. And they normally write within two to three weeks or four to five weeks. It takes them no time. I don't know the structure. I would have to go to school to learn how to write a play. I don't, I don't claim to be a play writer. I'm a play watcher and I'm an actress. But I've had so much happen in my life that I can tell a story and I can say, now write. And I give it to the writer and they create the story. This is actually the first I've heard of this, uh, this format. I mean, I totally understand it, I guess. I, I totally understand it, but it's just different. I've never heard anyone say that before because I've edited a play before. It was a lot of years ago, but... Um, just you know, so I've been I've I even been labeling you as a playwright, so I'm glad to know that. Okay, no, I don't tell people I'm a playwright, I just tell people it's my stories, it's what's happened to me, it's what I see in life. Um, and then I tell them, you know, now write, you know, mm -hmm. here's what happened to me. I'll call, like, with this particular mm -hmm. play that we're doing now, How Many Frogs, I called her every time something would happen with a guy and be like, Guess what happened on this day? Guess what happened with this? And erase that. Let's put this, you know, because it became more and more interesting to me. So it was like, you know what? You're not going to believe what happened to me today. And it's like, add this in, take that out. And that's what they do. They they put it in, they put it together, and then they present me with a script. I read it, and I tell them, you know, this is exactly what I'm looking for. And then we go from there to have auditions, and then you cast, and then you have rehearsals, and bam, after a while, you have a play. I was going to ask you, how did you pick the um, pick the stories? Because yeah, Well, that was the thing. I was originally with stories. Like one story that's now boring to me Anya, is that the guy left me outside. Okay, I met him online and he said, come to my mama's house. I'm going through a divorce. I live with my mom in a big two-story house in DeSoto. I'm in Cedar Hill, so that's right next to me. So it's raining outside. It's cold. And I go to the door and he was like, well, my mama say you can't come in because she don't know you since I met you online. So stay right here. I'm going to go get my jacket. Now, while I'm standing right there, I'm freezing cold at the door, right? So I go get in the car and turn the heat on because I'm like, this is crazy. And um, he comes to the car and say, now take me to your house. Well, guess what? My son was here. And if anybody know me, they know I don't let men around my son mm -hmm. at all. Now, that's one thing I can say I got right, y'all, in the whole dating field. You will not get to meet my child. That is a big no-no. Unless we are really serious where I'm with you every day, that's the only way you'll meet my child. But you will not meet my child just because we had a date. And so I told him politely, no, thank you. Get out of my car and you have a nice night. And he kept blowing up my phone my whole way home. And I made it home quick because, like I said, it's right next door. And he calls and I'm like, what is it, bro? And if I call you bro, that means I'm pretty mad. <laughs> and he was like, I just want to know what you make it home. Look, I made it home. I have nothing to say to you. So I'm saying that to say I took that story out because that's now boring compared to the other stuff that happened to me. <laughs> it was like this man left me outside and said his mama said he can't have no company. So then he calls me and say, why don't you come on a Sunday after my mama and them and daddy get out of church and just sit with all of us? Sir, I don't even know you. Why would I want to sit with your mom and your dad? Why would I want to meet your mom? I don't even know you. And your mama already judging, saying, you met me online. You better not bring me to her house. So, yeah, he left me outside in the cold to go get a jacket. 
And it was like, no, this that was one of the stories I told her to tell. But as I kept progressing with the dating, I was like, oh, no, that story is nothing. Take that one out. Put this one in. That one ain't got nothing on none of these stories. That's that what I'm get. saying. That one is boring. <laughs> that one is boring compared to all these other stories. Maybe. Yes. So um, finding the right actor. Act, I'm sorry, Pansy, did you have something? Mm-mm. Finding the right um, person to play the part. What goes into that? Okay. So now let's go from my first play, which was not based off of my life, but it was based off of what I believe. Okay. So my mom married. Okay. My dad married one time. That was my mom. And they had me. And I have two sisters that are older than me. And he always said, I got three girls. He takes responsibility for all of us. Okay. Mm -hmm. But they had me. Right. And so then my dad never married again once they divorced. However, mom is on husband number six. And I say all the time when the song come on, my sister's laugh. She don't cook. She don't clean. But let me tell you, she done got six rings. I say that every time that song come on. She don't cook. She don't clean. But let me tell you, somehow she even got six rings. And so with mom being married six times, my first play on YouTube now, you can go see it, Marrying for the Wrong Reason, was because people don't marry for love anymore to me. And it wasn't even about my mom's story. It was about three different stories I saw. One person got married because they had children together. I was like, we're not in the 40s and 50s no more. You don't have anybody with a gun to your back saying you got to marry my daughter because you got her pregnant. Why would you marry just because you had a child together? Then I had a story of um, the mo- woman got married for her money instead of the man getting married for his because something about this new generation of men, I don't know who taught them that women are supposed to take care of them and they need to make sure you're on Section 8 so they can live in your house with you. They need you to have food stamps. They eat your food. They need your car while you're at work. They at home flirting and doing whatever they're doing. I don't know where this generation of men came from, okay? And so I wanted to prove that not only do women marry men for their money, but men are now marrying women for their money. Mm-hmm. So that was another wrong reason. And the third couple got married. Um, like I say, he was gay. And he, 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 he married her to be his beard, which means that he wanted to hide that I'm a gay man. I'm down low. So I'm going to marry you to try to prove I'm not gay. Right. And this is happening all over the world. This is not just a Dallas thing, a Texas thing. This is a worldly thing that people are marrying now for every other reason other than love. And that's why I wanted to tell that story. Okay. That's my first place. So casting for that one was just simply let's find some people that make good chemistry together because now you got couples and you want people to look good together and to fit together. So that's how you pick for couples. And then for my own place, since it was about my life, I had already told them, fancy, if y'all can't find somebody that can really, really play me, I play myself because I am not going to allow, you know, like I need somebody that can truly say this is Christy Dean right here. You see what I'm saying? So this story here is more about my dating life, dating woes. And so I wanted to find full-figured women, first of all, let me say that, because I've been to auditions five, six times and don't get picked from being a thicker, bigger girl because they only pick skinny because skinny is sexy or they're vain and think that it's sexy. But my whole point is, why can't we, I'll open up avenues I think like Tyler Perry said, I open up avenues for full-figured people that somebody would never give a chance because you have hips, because you have a butt, because you have thighs, because you, you know, like 
I feel like that's discrimination. And I created that own role, like I said in my first play of, you know what, I'm going to wear something sexy. I'm going to put on some lingerie because we can be sexy too. So that's what I like to do is make sure I'm giving a lot of full figure people these roles. And that's not to discriminate against somebody skinny. We got skinny people in this one, but we got more full figure than anything. Because that's who I want to give a chance because a lot of times full figure women can really act, but they're overlooked. So I'm creating my own avenue of this is who I want to hire. And for this new play, I just was like, you know what, who fits? And it's like for the auditions, the perfect people came in. The perfect people came in. It's just kind of orchestrated. And it was like, you know what, I believe that God has a lot to do with who you pick. And so that's, that would be my picking. Like, I really go into prayer. I'm really like, God, we want the right people in this. We want the right person for this. Um, Anya has a wonderful role. I can't tell y'all what it is, but she went and actually looked up the vocabulary of some of the things she has to say. And that right there is what you want. You want somebody that's going to say, wait, I'm saying I did this. I don't know what this is. Let me go research this. <laughs> So that's how you pick. You pick somebody that wants, that has a passion. Um, you pick somebody, I feel, that really wants this. Because in the acting field, I tell people all the time, we will never get paid what we're worth. The gas that you spend, if you have to go grab something to eat on the way, which is why I always feed my cast, because I don't want you to have to grab something to eat on the way. Come on, and I'll feed you every rehearsal. Because of the fact that I can't pay you what you're worth. And as an actress, an actor, I think we don't get what we're worth. We don't get what we're worth. But we definitely have to do it because there's a love for it because it's not a lot of money in it. A lot of times I volunteer and still work for free, especially when you're an extra in a movie. You don't get paid to be an extra. You just get credit. Yeah. So that's how I think you pick it and how you do it. You got to be able to pick somebody that has a passion. That says, I will do this and I will even do this for free, you know, because you pay them. It's not what they're worth, because like I said, time, gas, having to come to rehearsals, it's it's tedious. It's a lot. But you have to find somebody that says, I'm in it for the long run. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's how you pick. You'd be like, OK, this person is very passionate about their their craft because acting is a craft. Um, a lot of times you want someone experienced, but I also, I, like I say, full figure women, I also give people a first time. If it's your first time, I'm not going to look at you and say, you don't have a resume. You don't have a headshot. I would never hire you. That's not me. I want to give you your first shot. I gave A.B. Warren her first shot and she killed it in my first play. She had a wonderful monologue. So that's what I want to do. I want to give people that other people wouldn't give a chance because of how they look, how they're shaped. That's me all day long. Let's give these people a chance because we can show y'all we can put on a hell of a show. Yeah. So do you have um, like, because I'm just me, I guess, thinking about the plays I've seen. Though I know you told me it's not a gospel play by any means, but do you have like, um, like props and, you know, like a, a setup? Um, you all have all of that? We have a setup. My first play, if you look at it, Marrying for the Wrong Reason, it was an awesome stage for it to be a first play. But it was only because it was my first. But the writer, she had done a many plays. And we passed by the furniture shop tonight. And I told my friend, I said, you know what? 
that's where I got my furniture from. And it was like just $250 to get a chase to my son's bed. And then we got a, a footstool to it. And then we had got like a um, headboard to it that matched the chase. And then, of course, we had furniture, living room furniture, and kitchen furniture, tables. And then the walls were uh, done by my director, David Kemp. He painted them, put molding on them, and then we put them up. So when I say that to say um, your setup is probably always going to be different. Now, with this plate, I'm hearing we're not going to have walls. We're going to do of a more theatrical type, type thing. I've never seen that before. So I'm excited that my writer with this one, she has her master's in theater. So she'll be bringing the theatrical part to this, which would be more so what you would go see that probably wouldn't be black people. And I want to see it. I want to see how she's going to pull this off. Like, I'm so excited. So that's the way um, we kind of, you know, we, we put it together. I, like I say, once again, I don't know how to decorate a stage. Like I told the director yesterday that stood in for us in rehearsal that we're going to have all black and he said no Christy Dean the eyes are going to you know you have to have color on stage I didn't know that so this is going to be experience for me for me to learn because with my first one I had somebody that did everything with this one I'm helping but I don't know anything about how to set up a stage so I'm just like I did my garage and Anya can tell you I told him y'all come out and look and see what I did because I had put in my mind what I thought it would look like. But I'm not a decorator by far either. I don't know how to set up a stage. Um, so all of this is learning experiences. But it sounds like just your attitude and you know the the way the way that you put time into this, it sounds like you're gonna do well with it, you know, like and you'll just be continuing to grow. That's how it sounds to me. I'm trying. I'm trying. I still don't consider myself like a play writer, even though people say, oh, she wrote the play. And it's like, no, I produced the play. But right. I, I, I consider myself a producer with it now being the second play because as now since COVID, prices of everything have gone up. Okay. My first play, I got away with a little bit. I mean, we got to do a little cheapness four years ago. Now nothing is cheap. I'm sorry. Nothing has been cheap in this journey nothing has been cheap in this journey. Like prices have spiked tremendously since four years ago. So yeah. I consider myself a producer at this point because I'm like, I'm feeling the burn of having to come up with the finances to make this happen. Right. But like it's not a bad burn. It's to the point of I wanted this and anything you want is worth working for. You have a dream, you live it. But dreams are not free to live out. Living out your dream costs. You can't just go live your dream and not pay something. Right. Maybe say it costs to be alive. Like yeah, it costs. But the thing is, it's 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 a joy. It's a joy. I'm paying my actors way more than I did for double what I did four years ago. Really. So it's it's a joy that I'm like, okay, this time around I got to come off a little bit more money, but I have some excellent team that's going to help me set up that stage. Uh, we already picked our people that auditioned for us. They came in and killed it. We knew exactly what role we wanted everybody to play the day they came in. I mean, like, it was it was a really awesome experience, and it has been. Now, can it be tiresome? It can be. And I'm not going to lie to you. When you're doing something that is touching other people or that's going to be a powerful message, the enemy is coming quick. And he's going to try to get in your people. He's going to try to get in you. He's going to make you sick, your child sick, your car acting up, your, like, all kinds of stuff goes wrong, right? But this is all the woes that come with putting on a play. 
Yeah. I can honestly say that everything is good. Like Christy said, Christy had cook, Christy cook, and it's not no, oh, we're going to have some fried chicken. I'm going to get this. No, she made chicken and dumplings yesterday. She made <laughs> real food. So, and she know I cut up if we don't have a salad. Matter of fact, I made something a salad. We had something. And she said, oh, yeah, that was not supposed to be a salad. I was like, well, I wanted a salad. That's what it was. So it is truly an honor to be a part of this play. Even, you know, like I said, I always tell people, you know, she called me bougie and thought I was um, that. But it's all in fun, you know, whatever I tell people that. And for us to be here now and me being a part of her production. So, um. I'm sorry. Chrissy, do you have anything else you want to say before? We yeah, go? she mixed that salad, y'all. That was so funny to me. I actually made enchiladas and it was supposed to be lettuce topping, tomato toppings. You know how you go to the restaurant? I don't go get Mexican food without having lettuce and tomatoes, no matter what it is, whether it's quesadillas, burritos, enchiladas. I always say, can you bring me some lettuce, some tomatoes and some sour cream and salsa? So she mixed the lettuce and tomatoes together thinking I was going to make a salad. But since I was absent and at work that day, <laughs> It was like, it's okay, but it wasn't a salad. It was just supposed to be lettuce and tomatoes. I wish we had to just grab the cheese out the refrigerator and just threw the cheese on it. And everybody would have thought it was a salad at that point. Lettuce, tomatoes, and cheese. So, yeah. But, um, no, the only thing I can say is that maybe go and watch Marrying for the Wrong Reason. Because it's Christy Dean, you know, Marrying for the Wrong Reason. I would say definitely go and watch the first play. Um, get your tickets to the second play. Because this one is a little bit more spicy, a little bit more dicey. Like, it's a lot more to it. So this one is a lot more. This one is a lot more. So I definitely want people to come out, enjoy themselves, be ready for a laugh, be ready to probably be uncomfortable. Because if it's some of your dating stories, it's probably going to make you a little uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, you know, sometimes truth hurts. If you see yourself in the play, let's laugh at what, you know, what we see of ourselves. I would want people to come out. I definitely have been telling people it's a comedy. It's a comedy. It's definitely a comedy. It's, it's, it's definitely funny. a comedy. I mean, they have seriousness in there, but it's a comedy. And I, like I said, I think everybody will find something. Something okay. in there. I think every woman that has not been married all her life will find something she went through in her dating life before she got married. So that's why I tell people, it's not just for single women. Oh, I definitely want to say it's not male bashing. I do not believe in male bashing. You will never hear come out of my single mouth, being single, all men are dogs. Ain't no good men left out here. You will have what you say, and I know that. You will never hear me say that. And this is not a male bashing play. I know people are saying, is it for women only? No, we have a wonderful man in here that's going to give men hope. So it's not for women only. It's not male bashing. We're not coming together. And I would never do that. I would never, never, never say all men are dogs or there's no good man left out here. I don't believe that. And I can't say that or let that come out of my mouth because I'm strongly a spiritual person that believe you should have what you say. Right. So we're going to have a successful play. Yes, we We're going to enjoy everybody coming in. You can get tickets for $25 flat if you want to get it from one of the cast members. Or you can go online to Ticket Leap and type in how many frogs and you'll be able to get the ticket for $25. And I think it's like a $250 fee or something like that. So if you don't want to pay the fee online, you can get a flat ticket from me. You can get a flat ticket, um, flat rate ticket from Anya. Like all you have to do is just 
let me know you want one because that's the only time I'm going to go get one because I don't want to yeah. be responsible for money. <laughs> you know how you get like it and be like, wait, how many? No, if you tell me you want it, I'll go and get it, but I'm not getting a whole bunch. So. Right. So you can buy tickets and it's December 4th, of course, like she showed on a Sunday. It's at 5 p.m. Um, and it is for mature audiences only. So this time around, guys, we're asking, please don't bring any children. Please, it's not children material this time. It really is raunchy. And, you know, because of what's in it, we, we'll laugh, but we don't want children in there. Um, and our first one, you're going to hear a baby talking <laughs> in, the, in the background. You will hear that because somebody did bring an actual one-year-old to my last one. So we're, we're going to ask this time that you not bring children. Right. Well, thank you so much, Christy, for joining us tonight, and we're going to see you later. Okay. Thank y'all so much for having me. Peace and blessings. I just love her. She, You see how straight and to the point and how truth-telling she is, and that's how she is, you know, so you can't even be mad. You have to just, you, you just be like, well, that's Christy, and Christy going to tell you what it is, and you'll never have to guess what she's thinking because she's going to tell it, you know, so... I love it. Anywho, um, you can find me <laughs> at www.ladyceo.com, lady spelled with an I, CEO on Instagram. It is lady.ceo. Um, pretty much everywhere is lady CEO, lady spelled with an I. Okay, and you guys can find um, everything Swagger Magazine at swagger.net or swaggeronline.com. Um, all of our social media is Swagger Magazine. And then, of course, all of my social media is Fancy Swagger. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Bye, y'all.